Hello, welcome to the second week of our Missions Festival for 2021. As I speak, we are into another lockdown, and I'm sure this will make an already difficult life even more difficult for many. The enemy has been wreaking much havoc across the globe, causing much misery, suffering, and grief, and distracting us from our mandate and mission as followers of Jesus Christ. But let us not forget that God is still God. He still sits enthroned in the heavens. This pandemic may have changed many things, but God has not changed. He is still sovereign and in control. His mission has not changed. The Great Commission remains the same. So may we remain faithful to the task that we have been entrusted with until Jesus Christ comes for us again. To begin, let us join our worship leader in singing, Let Your Kingdom Come, as we prepare our hearts to worship God and to listen to what He wants to say to us today. Every 
Many people may be asking, in His sovereignty, why did God allow this pandemic to happen? Why didn't He just intervene to put a stop to this crisis that we currently face? Where is God in all this? As we celebrate our missions festival, we are again under ECQ. But does this change anything? Does this in any way affect God's sovereignty over all things? We will look at scriptures today and see how God's hand is at work throughout history in order to fulfill His greater purposes and plans. We will learn from the early church how God sustains His mission in spite of all the challenges and adversities that Christ's followers faced through different periods of church history. Our guest speaker today has been very much involved in missions. She is currently the Assistant International Coordinator for Mobilization with OMF International. She provides guidance and support to the different OMF centers across Asia in their mobilization strategies as well as facilitates mobilization training for the OMF mobilizer community. Previous to this, she served as a church mission mobilizer and trainer under the Philippine Home Council of OMF International. She is originally from Davao City, finished her Master of Divinity in Biblical Studies from the Singapore Bible College, also has an MA in Global Missions from Redcliffe College in the United Kingdom, and a Doctor of Ministry also with the Singapore Bible College. She is the co-author of the book, To the Headhunters of Sierra Madre. I read this book about 15 years ago. I absolutely loved it and I would highly recommend it to everyone. She is also the author of numerous children's books. Among these are David and his new classmate, Peter and Ahmed, Nico and Alug in Manobo Land, 
Gideon and God's 300. Who's Afraid of Goliath? Hudson Taylor and the Great Impossible. And most recently, Eric Liddell, God Over Gold. Her vision is to rally the local churches around the world to catch God's passion for all peoples, tongues, and tribes in order that they will worship Him and engage in missions. Let us all welcome Dr. Joji Wong. Greetings in behalf of OMF International. Thank you for the invitation to speak at your Missions Month. It's always a privilege to speak to in a church that is concerned for God's mission. As you know, a lot of work has stalled because of the current pandemic. Missions work is not exempted. A number of our workers are stuck outside of their ministry areas and unable to return. Those serving in the field find their movements restricted or limited. A lot of our meetings in OMF are now on Zoom, just like many churches. But just like the church, we adapt, we adjust, and we carry on the best we can through God's wisdom and grace. As I keep updated with what is going on in the mission front lines, I'm actually reminded of three realities. Firstly, God is sovereign. Nothing that is happening has caught God by surprise. He allowed it. And though we may not see things clearly, he is at work. God's commission will persist. The great commission remains unchanged. Many of us in ministry may think that our plans have been interrupted, we are losing momentum, or maybe derailed because of the current pandemic. But God has shown that nothing stops him from what he's doing. In fact, what seems like opposition, inactivity, or obstruction, God will use for his purposes. Thirdly, third reality, God's insistence in the church partnership remains unchanged. God continues to expect the partnership of his church, of his people, in his work. He showed that in his partnerships with the patriarchs in the Old Testament and in the apostles in the early church, that even if they're unwilling, he still insists on using them. This has not changed through history. We see these realities during the time of the early church. I've outlined my message to reflect on firstly, the early church, and secondly, what does this mean for us, the church today? So, God sovereignly persisted on his great commission plans with the early church. I want to highlight Acts chapter 10 as I talk about the early church. That is the encounter between Cornelius and Peter. But before, let us look at how God sovereignly set this scene beginning in Acts one, so God sets the scene. Before Acts 10, these things happen. Jesus has already given the Great Commission, right? Secondly, Jesus has already emphasized it by predicting in Acts 1.8 that they will be witnesses. Pentecost happened and the church started to grow. Fourthly, the disciples started to grapple with structure and leadership as the church grew. Group. Persecution started to increase. And then, sixth, Paul was converted and called to become a missionary to the Gentiles. 
Now, with regards to the early church role in the Great Commission, here are some observations. Firstly, the disciples still had an ethnocentric vision of the kingdom. If you, if you can see for yourselves Acts 1.6, read it for yourself. This came before Acts 1.8, the very famous verse. Here in Acts 1.6, the disciples asked Jesus before he ascended. When they came together, verse 6 says, they asked the Lord, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom of Israel? So obviously, after three years with Jesus, they still were focused on the kingdom of Israel. There was no global vision, even uh, thinking beyond just the Jews or the Gentiles in their midst. There was no such thing. They were just thinking of the Jews, the kingdom of Israel. God used them. Secondly, God used them for his purpose without them knowing at that point. During the Pentecost, when the disciples started speaking in tongues, and this was witnessed by Jews who, were, who came for Pentecost, Jews from different nations, they were amazed that they understood what these men were saying. And what did the disciples say? Acts 2.11 says, We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. This is what the people said. Isn't this what witnessing is about? To tell others of the wonders of God? So imagine when these Jews from other nations went back to their own countries. They would talk about this, right? They'd say, oh, you know what happened? The Jews did this. They talked about God. So partly, Acts 1.8 was being fulfilled at this point. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Thirdly, God caused the further spread of the gospel through a bad thing, persecution. The early church has, for the most part, stayed in Jerusalem and did not spread the gospel as God desired. This only happened accidentally through persecution, which caused the Jews to scatter. And in Acts 1.8, Acts 8.6, excuse me, it says, those who had been scattered preached the, the word wherever they went. God made Philip the first intentional cross-cultural evangelist when he shared the gospel to the Ethiopian. And then point five, God targeted Paul to carry on a more sustainable plan to reach the Gentile missions in Acts 9 when he confronted him on the road to Damascus. Now this was what was happening, right? And so we zero in on Acts chapter 10 which I have entitled this part, The Mobilization of Peter. Presumably, with Paul carrying the cross-cultural part of the Great Commission, you would assume that Peter and the rest of the apostles were free to focus on the early church. That would have been understandable, given the fact that they were still struggling as a young church. They're struggling with structure and all these quarreling widows. They had to do follow-up work. They had to teach these new converts and minister amidst persecution. They're, after all, uh, still grappling with the idea, of, so how do we lead without Jesus? But if God were to make Paul a missionary to the Gentiles, his desire was that the early church would be fully behind Paul on this. They would be on the same page. So after Paul's conversion, guess what? He targeted Peter. 
who was one of the early church leaders. In Acts chapter 10, describing, it describes Cornelius as a God-fearer whose devotion has pleased God and was commanded by an angel to send for Peter. And so he did. And while his men were on their way to Peter, Peter was staying as a guest in Joppa, and he was up in the rooftop waiting for his lunch. There, God showed him a vision of unclean animals and commanded him to eat. Acts 10, 13 to 16 says, Then a voice told him, Get up, Peter, kill and eat. Surely not, Lord, Peter replied. I've never eaten anything impure or unclean. The voice spoke to him the second time, Do not call anything impure that God has made clean. This happened three times, and immediately the sheep was taken back to heaven. It seems like for Peter, everything has to be three times. He denied the Lord three times. Three times Jesus asked him, do you love me? And this again three times. It also shows us that God is patient with us. We don't sometimes get it the first time. So Peter was the same and he still didn't get it. But then when he saw the men of Cornelius who came to Joppa and who arrived and talked to him, it clicked and he understood that what God wanted him to do, despite his inner revulsion to what he viewed as unclean, the Gentiles, you know, he obeyed and he went with them. When he was in Cornelius' house, he was very aware that that wasn't supposed to be where he was as a Jew. And so he says in verse 28 of Acts chapter 10, you're well aware that this is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So you would think that God will ease up now that Peter seemed to have gotten it. But God wanted to make sure that, that you know, this shocking thing will really sink in. So he caused a very uh, shocking, another shocking thing to happen. While Peter was preaching the good news to the Gentiles, the Holy Spirit filled the Gentiles, these unclean people, right? And so Peter saw them very differently as they were being filled with the Spirit. And so he concluded in verses 34 to 35. Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. Tellingly, in Acts 11, when the other leaders heard that the Gentiles came to faith, they were more concerned that Peter went to the Gentiles' house than they were that Gentiles believed in Jesus. Later, we will see how crucial it is for Paul that Peter understood God's desire for the gospel to cross cultures when they started to grapple how the Gentiles should live as followers of Jesus. So we see in Acts narrative, God's sovereignty, God persisting on his God, in his commission, and God also persisting in partnering with the church, no matter how imperfect they were. And what about the church today? God continues to persist in his plans. Just because of the pandemic, the Bible's words has not changed. He didn't go and revise the scripture. The scripture remains the same. There are many similarities between the modern church, our church today, and the early church. Like the early church, we tend to share the gospel within our cultural boundaries. I remember when I became a Christian, the first people that I wanted to share the gospel to were people like myself, my family, my friends, 
I would never have thought of um, sharing the gospel to a tribal person who was selling their wares in the sidewalk. That would not be natural. Peter and the disciples were the same, despite Jesus repeatedly honoring and accepting Gentiles' faith in his ministry. It's, not, it's unnatural. And we, when we share the gospel, we don't realize that we actually end up hitting a glass wall. We share just within a certain uh, boundary or a certain parameter. Okay? The disciples um, were brainwashed since young of how unclean the Gentiles were. And that stuck in their minds. And it did not occur to them that the gospel should reach them. That God's grace was inclusive rather than exclusive. We tend to focus inward also as a church, similar to the early church. Now, currently, we're in the midst of the pandemic, and it can stall God's work. Persecution for the early church was the reason why they were internal, okay, uh, and rather than thinking of expansion. The pandemic literally has shut us in. Virtually, we're all on Zoom. Intercession is mainly focused on our immediate concerns, which is understandable. We have loved ones, friends getting sick, getting COVID. Uh, there are people who are dying, friends who are not well. Businesses are not doing well. So it's very easy to focus inwards. But just like the early church, how can we intentionally be looking outwards at this time? Unlike Peter who needed a 3D PowerPoint presentation from God to realize that the Great Commission must have cross, a cross-cultural aspect with, we have the whole Bible, a complete revelation of God that provides an even clearer picture, not just of the Great Commission, but also God's expectation for us to partner with Him. And indeed, there's still much work to be done. In this chart, which is dated 2019, we will see what the work is still that needs to be done. There's still so much work that needs to be done. And work has stalled globally. Indicators point that the fact that Jesus may not be returning anytime soon. Matthew 24, 14 says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So there's still much work to be done. But what can we do now? Let's be like Peter who obeyed despite everything in his birth identity went against it. He obeyed despite his discomfort, fear, and thinking of all the risks involved, right? And we might have our own things going on right now, a lot of concerns. But just like Peter, let us obey. Firstly, what can we do? Witness, share the gospel in every opportunity for every person. Because every person deserves to hear the gospel. And in fact, this pandemic has shown people are actually more open. Secondly, welcome. And now what does welcome mean? Welcome means there are people of other cultures in your midst and maybe internationals who are stuck here, international students or businessmen who are from other countries who are stuck here. How do we welcome them during this time of pandemic? They probably can't go back to their home countries. How do we minister to them as Christians, as locals who are more comfortable in this uh, country? How do we minister to them? And at some point, hopefully, as we build relationships with them, the opportunity to share the gospel will come. 
Thirdly, adopt a missionary or a people group or a country. Do research, ask around, and your church maybe already has missionaries that you are uh, supporting. How do we adopt them specifically to pray for, support for, or care? Is there a particular people group that you want to focus in, a tribal group, an unreached group that needs specific prayer? What do you want to do? And maybe there's a natural link and one day you can go on a short term. But meanwhile, how do we pray for them? Four, learn. Learn more about missions. There are so many resources out there. There's a course called Kairos that gives you an overview of missions. And then you can Google some stuff about unreached people groups. They're all out there. Fifthly, mobilize. Mobilize means to advocate for missions among our Christian friends and churchmates to help remind them that even as the disciple and mentor, help them to really think, okay, what are we doing? Why are we discipling? We disciple because we want to grow as Christians. We do our devotions because we want to grow as Christians. Why? Because we want to be able to reflect God with our lives to people who still don't know him. And it still goes back to the Great Commission. So we mobilize for people to think more missionally about what they're doing and to make sure that the gospel is shared cross-culturally. We pray for missionaries, for the unreached, for countries, collect missionary prayer letters and pray for them. A lot, five to 10 minutes maybe in your uh, different uh, groups that you're with or different um, maybe in the church service a five-minute or a two-minute time that's focused intentionally on praying for an unreached group or a missionary. Seven, go. Go short-term, whether this leads to long-term or not. Be open to what God is going to do through you during this time. Be open to if God calls you to go long-term. We do not know how long this pandemic will continue and all these uncertain things that's happening. But what we do know for certain is that God is sovereign, the Great Commission is unchanged, and God still expects us to partner with His work. May we persist in obeying Him even as He persists in partnering with us. Let me at this point share a little bit about OMF International, where I serve. OMF International, as many of you know, was founded by Hudson Taylor in 1865. It was known for a long time as uh, China Inland Mission since the focus was China and the many unreached people in there. Then the communist country uh, came to victory in 1949 and the growing hostility against Christians caused CIM to pull out of China. <clears throat> this led to the refocus of the work. So the workers started to spread out to the countries outside of China and continue to do missions work. Thus, in, in 1964, we changed our name to OMF International. At the time of the exodus out of China, which was not just our organization, but also others as well, people were worried what would happen to the believers inside. We now know that God had caused the church to grow in the midst of adversity. The exodus also shifted the many different organizations to see that there are many unreached in other parts of East Asia. Our mission as a fellowship is we share the good news of Jesus Christ in all its fullness with East Asia's peoples to the glory of God. Changes like what happened in the past may look like something that blocks God's work, and we only see the sovereignty of God 
as to why he allowed these things to happen years or decades later. In the same way, we are in the midst of this global pandemic and the future seems unclear. But we believe by faith, and this has been proven historically, that God is not caught by surprise. Years later, we will be able to look back and praise him for all that he has done. We, in fact, have heard of stories of believers who have stepped up because their, their disciples, the workers, missionaries are not able to reach them. They've stepped up, they've started to witness and care uh, for people around them. We also hear of workers managing to get back to the field after God miraculously opened doors for them to go in, even though it was so complicated. There are many things that are happening and probably much more that are beyond the updates that I received. So hopefully, all this we will be able to wait in anticipation. Whatever God is doing, may we wait in anticipation. And as we do, may we continue to be obedient to Him, even in this very difficult season. May God bless New Millennium Evangelical Church as it continues to partner with God's work in the globe, in global missions.
Thank you, Dr. Joji Wong, for sharing God's message with us. If you wish to support the Ministry of OMF International, that's Overseas Missionary Fellowship, you can get in touch with me or any of the pastoral team members. For our prayer time, we will do something different today. I want you to join me in praying for missions. For one minute, we will be praying together for our local and foreign church-supported missionaries, church planters, as well as their respective mission fields. So we don't only pray for our mission partners, but we also pray for the people that they are trying to reach out. Shown on your screen is a list of these missionary partners. For example, we don't only pray for Reverend Balkrishna Sresta, we also pray for those who have not yet heard of the gospel in Nepal. You can take a screenshot of the list and continue to pray for our mission partners throughout the week. The pastoral team also sends out weekly prayer items that you can pray for. Let us now spend the next minute in prayer wherever you are. Our Heavenly Father, we pray that you will let your kingdom come. Let your will be done so that everyone might know your name. May your song be heard everywhere till your sovereign work on earth is done. Father, thank you for reminding us through the message and through the song today that though it seems that church buildings are shut and mission work is halted, yet you are sovereign. Your commission still persists and you still insist that we, your church, partner with you in finishing the task. Nothing and no one can stop those realities. Nothing and no one can stop your purposes from being fulfilled. Nothing and no one can stop your mission from being accomplished. So help us not to hold back, but instead to go forward with boldness and courage to finish the task that you have entrusted. It's been nearly 2,000 years, but the mission to proclaim your good news to everyone is still left unfinished. Father, forgive us as a church, for we have failed you, that even though we have been blessed with so much, that we don't do as much in fulfilling our part in your great commission. May you renew our passion for missions. Help us to lay down our own interest and agenda in order to carry your mission to us. May we go out of our comfort zones to save souls for eternity. May the vision that the finish line is in sight motivate us to give our everything to see this vision 
fulfilled in our generation. Thank you, Father, for the privilege to join you in this mission. We lift up before you our missionary partners working in various mission fields, especially those that are difficult to penetrate. We pray for your protection, your provision, your grace, and your wisdom upon them. Sustain, inspire, encourage, provide for, and enlighten your servants who bring the good news to those who have never heard. Grant them the wisdom and the insight, the creativity and the innovation to know how to reach out amidst the travel restrictions and the lockdowns, to be effective during this unique time. Show them where to go and what to do in this season, and raise up more missionaries and workers who will follow you to the ends of the earth. Father, missions is about you and none other. So we pray that your name will be exalted among the nations, and may we not stop until that vision has been fulfilled. This is our prayer in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all of God's people say, Amen. Amen. I hope that in the coming week, you can still continue to pray for our mission partners. And now for some announcements. Again, I wish to thank every one of you who has been generously supporting God's mission work through our church. If you wish to give to our missions fund, here are some options. You can also find this information on our Facebook page. Our goal for this year is to raise 3 million pesos to support our foreign and local missionaries, as well as our partner seminaries and parachurch organizations. We hope that you can partner with us through giving. ดันเนยกสวากับหูดูเอสุกังเบติปวยเกจับชิดดิดไปดีอัมปวยเตรียมก็สิไปที่ซุ่มเนี่ยสากับจูจิบดันเนยดานิลยามทวันโตเบติย
Hope you can continue joining in the coming weeks. Now may we receive the benediction. May the Lord bless and keep you. May His face continue to shine upon you. And may He be gracious to you. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the comfort and encouragement of the Holy Spirit be upon us all. We love you. We thank God for you. And we are praying for you. Remember, the best is yet to come.